equity of up to £150 million. You're in the theatre, fine, you're here to win games. We want to try to reduce this gap. I think that uh, a good team has to be good uh, to recognize uh, different phases during the game. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Tottenham Depot. This is Caroline back with you guys again. And we were really hoping that this was going to be another triumphant win under Ryan Mason to get us one step closer to Europa League qualification. But that is not what happened. Uh, so I've got a few of my friends here to break down a pretty frustrating match against Aston Villa. Uh, we'll throw it out to Scott first. How's it going, Scott? It's going bad right now. Um, right as, as we were preparing to record it, it it was tweeted that Potch to Chelsea's done, so I'm just absolutely fucking blown away by what's what's actually happening at Tottenham Hotspur right now. Not only within the club, but what's what what decisions have been made that impact things going on outside of the club now as well. So I don't know, whatever. Tottenham's just an just a, a, an exhausting club to be a fan of, but it's good to talk to you guys. Exhausting is exactly the word. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Well, we've also got Shubon. He's back on the pod. How's it going, Shubes? No mute it's button there. Going there so badly that earlier I actually asked it's about another club support outside of Spurs because I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I need another club. I need a club that wins, but not by cheating like like like, like the Astros. Hey, you know oh. what? Speaking of Houston, Dynamo are rolling too. There's there's your new club. That'd probably be less painful than Tottenham right now. Yeah, you know? and I also will not forget what comment you just made about the Astros, but we'll talk offline. All right, well, we have Dakota finally back on the pod to be Peacemaker along with me. How are you, Dakota? Uh, I'm good, despite everything that's happening with our beloved Spurs right now. Uh, you know, things will happen. They will ebb. They will flow. And we will always end up right back with each other. Tolan's pretty excited that I'm back on the podcast, too. Awesome. <laughs> well, so the final score ended up being 2-1, to one, obviously in Aston Villa's favor, uh, leaving us tied on 57 points and above them just with two goals. Uh, but let's go back to the starting lineup to start. So we had an unchanged lineup from the last game. The one difference that was significant was that Eric Dyer was not in the match day squad, nor was Jaffet Tanganga. Uh, do you feel like Mason was making a statement with leaving him out of the squad? It did turn out after the game in his press conference, he said that both players were injured, but do we believe that? Maybe. <laughs> 
It seems it, these days it seems like Jaffa Tanganga gets injured uh, just by breathing. So I'm more inclined to believe that one. But I think Eric Dyer's injury might be uh, an injury to his ego more than an actual injury. But you know who knows. Um, there's there's no denying that Dyer's been at the center of some of our defensive woes this season. So he doesn't need to be playing anyway. And then you kind of put on top of, of that all of this stuff around Ryan Mason that, oh, he's just going to play his friends, you know, this and that. I, you know, maybe that played into the decision also, but uh, who knows? He said that they're not likely to play in the last two games either, right? So who knows? Who knows? Who knows anything about anything at Spurs at this point? Hundred percent, and if we want to speculate, we we can definitely speculate on the idea that, as you've alluded to, it it makes Ryan Mason's life a lot easier, especially in front of the press. If there's a reason that Dyer's not playing, right? Um, I we talked about this at the pub today. Seattle Spurs to Wits End. Um, Dyer th- Dyer hurts a lot for me because he was such a special part of like the the the. Any sports team I've ever been a fan of, he was like a central part of my favorite one that I've ever been a fan of, right? Those two years where we almost won the league. Um, I, I sang his name so many times, but he is just awful and he cannot continue to play. So it hurts me to say something like that. I think I've had a super biased opinion of him for as long as I possibly could um, out of that love, right? But but yeah, it's, it's clear that he can't play. So I think it does make Mason's life a lot easier if there's a reason why he can't do so. Um, but, but either way, uh, you know, Mason, I, I think Mason was heavily involved in ensuring that, that, that he didn't have a chance to, to, to get on the, on the squad today. So. Yeah, it does make things simpler if he's not available for selection. Well, Shubon, did you feel good about having the same lineup for this game against Aston Villa or did you have concerns? Uh- um, it, I don't know. I thought that, like, well, he's saying being like one week, one week kind of thing. So he, that so he can drill them and get them doing something. But within the first five minutes, you could just kind of see the difference between Unai Emery, who's basically been drilling this team since about what mid-December, and Ryan Mason, who, like, it's not his fault. He's a he, he's given who he's given, and he's only had two weeks to do this. And just when you watch the difference, I think he, he could have put a whole, a, you know, like I have no idea, like players that are currently injured, but he could have Benton Core on there. And I think Aston Villa has still killed us because, yes, you have some, we have some really good individuals, player for player. I compare, I compare our side with the Villa team, and I think, you know, our players. I can't think of any apart from Martinez, any of the players I take. But when your team's organized and united in purpose, it's like having an extra man on the pitch. And we were playing, like we had, I don't know, disjointed without a purpose as if we were playing with like 10 men. So it was like 10 men playing against 12. So I'm, I'm surprised it wasn't 5-0 at half time. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seemed like Unai Emery had prepared well for this first team. Uh, um, definitely they were set up to kind of combat exactly what we were setting out to do with the counterattacking. 
um, and their high line was kind of risky, but ended up being very effective and, you know, maintaining that offside trap. I think we ended up having nine different offside calls go against us. So they were, they were on it and you have to give them credit for that. And this ended up being, I think it was the fourth away game in a row that we conceded within the first 10 minutes. So, you know, Ryan Mason definitely has been put in this tough position where he's trying to dig us out of this hole that had already been created prior to him coming in as manager. But we keep ending up also in this situation every game where we're digging out of a hole from going down, you know, a goal or two early. So I think one of the players we need to talk about off the bat in terms of conceding those goals is probably Christian Romero. I felt like he was culpable in the lead up to both goals. Um, how did y'all feel about his performance today? Dakota, you first. So I just kind of, I think as a general rule, <laughs> am not as hard on, on Cootie as most other people. Um, because he's, he means so much to our defense. Uh, uh, you know, as, as rash as he can be, as much as he, you know, can have a hand in giving up goals, at the same time, if he wasn't in our defense, we would give up, you know, two more goals every game. So it, it's kind of this give and take with him. And I, I think there's, there's a lot of maturing that he's got to do and i feel like we we as a podcast group talk about that every week <laughs> that man when he matures he's gonna be so good and i think we're seeing some of that throughout the season i think he definitely has slowed down a little bit um but man when he gets heated it, it comes out and it, it, we saw it at the end of the game when he picked up that yellow card um and but at the same time john mcginn kind of baited him into that um who McGinn had a wonderful game today, a wonderful player. So, um, yeah, Cootie is – he's an essential part to our defense, but we need someone to balance him. And I think that is sort of what we were relying on Eric Dyer to do. You know, be calm, be level-headed. But if you're trash at playing defense, your level-headedness doesn't matter, like we saw with Eric Dyer. So, um, I, I – we need we need a balancing act for him uh, at some point, but I don't want him to play any differently. So I'm I'm willing to take what happens um, with with all of the good that he brings and the free kick. I didn't think it was a, a foul in in live time, but looking back, it was definitely a foul. Uh, and then all of the lead up to that free kick, I don't know exactly what happened, but Harry Kane got a yellow card after the fact, so. Some something happened that maybe that that made Harry kind of go off, or maybe he was you know how a basketball coach will go off on a referee to get a technical to fire his team up. Maybe that's what Harry Kane was doing right then, and it kind of worked. Uh, we we looked like a kind of a different team after that, but we've got to figure out how to play like that different team from the jump instead of going down two goals every time. <laughs> right, too little, too late once again. <laughs> Well, Scott, I know I was having a conversation with someone off pod about perhaps Romero being one of the players who really needs the off season to come quickly because <laughs> he's been shouldering a lot of mental load. Cause I think you're right, Dakota, like he's very important to our defense. And I think he's been shouldering a lot of that responsibility. 
And, you know, couple that with having been in the World Cup and all of that, you know, he's probably a player who just needs a break. Do you think that's yeah. what's going on yeah. with him? I honestly, I think there's there's a few things we can say, but I think a break is certainly one of the things that will do him well. Um, I, you know, I agree with Dakota in the sense that I, I don't want Romero to lose that edge. It's It's important. You know, I do asterisk that by saying I, I still have questions about him playing in a, in a in a pairing instead of a, a, a trio um i don't not saying he can't do it i just think it has to be done very carefully right to continue to play as aggressively as he does but i also think um you know removing the coaching and the tactics of it all i think he's probably really frustrated too because he just won the world cup with a really organized team of guys who are cohesive and willing to die honestly like literally die for the badge on their chest right and then you come back to Spurs and you just are involved in such a shit show and such a group of guys who don't give a shit what ha- what happens on the pitch, you know, at least from, from the fans' perspective um, and even from some of the grumblings that we're hearing, you know, from behind the scenes. So it's got to be really tough on him to to be such a passionate footballer around a group of guys who just don't bring that same passion every day. And I think that probably factors into to some of the rash challenges that he ends up making, I think. Anyone who's played the sport can tell you that there comes a time where you get really frustrated and, and do something stupid. And I can imagine those moments are coming in waves for, for, for Romero right now. So, yeah, end of the season as quickly as possible. And I don't think that's that's not exclusive to Romero. That's the entire fucking organization from top to bottom. Just like, please, please, please end the season as fast as possible. Yeah. Amen. Um, I think another player who – seemed to really be struggling out there today was Pierre Milhoibier. And that was really apparent after Harry Kane had had a big chance to equalize the game in the 52nd minute. He missed his shot. Son was able to grab the rebound and got it to Pierre in a perfect spot in the middle of the, the box. And he just, he was not ready for it. And I felt like far too many moments like that throughout the game for him. How are you feeling about PEH right now, Shuvan? I'm so glad Todd isn't here because this would cause a bit of war right now. Um, I think PH was a player that we needed at the time that we signed him, as in like, you know, because he he filled a, a need. Yeah, but I think one of the things he has shown is that there's a reason we got him and not Sated or Chelsea or whoever. Technically, you know, he does lack... To, decision-making skills. We saw how good he was at the international level with Denmark. Well, the game's a bit slower. He can make really good decisions and he has ability, but that ability under Premier League conditions isn't always available. I, a good example, I saw him last week against Palace. He had played a beautiful one-two, so he knew what he was going to do with it, but he just scuffed his shot and Ultimately, if you're going to play in that double pivot, I mean, I was, I'm lucky. I've seen Luca and Sanjay playing that double pivot. I've seen Dembele and Wanyan playing the double pivot. You've got to do something going forward. You have to be able to do something going forward. And unfortunately, he hasn't got it. Not enough as enough, enough as he thinks of. I mean, he's he's the kind of player that you send into Italy, like you, well, like people like Jeco and Metacarin have, that have gone. They've gone to Inter and they've they're killing it. That's because it's a slower league. But in the Premier League, you don't Italy. get given a moment to awesome breathe. There. Yeah. 
Yeah, I yield the floor. Uh, no, I think I that's fair. And I think his. <laughs> no, I honestly, I I just was going to say that I fully agree that he'd be better off in Italy, and I uh, I also couldn't agree more that there's a reason we signed him. You know, you struck struck at my heartstrings when you said said that. Um, I, I think that's my favorite line regarding Tottenham Hotspur in general too. But but ultimately, I. I think he's a workhorse. I think he gives gives a lot for the shirt, and I can never fault him for that. I think as a fan, I'll take that any day over uh, over you know uh, um, somebody who doesn't do that. If uh, a lack of technical ability is okay, if if they're going to fight that hard, but they probably shouldn't be starting at that point either. You know, maybe somebody you bring off the bench when you're up three one to just run at people and 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 beat the opponent down, right? But Peh just just isn't isn't somebody that I want starting week in week out any longer. All right, Dakota was shaking his head, so I'm going to give him a chance to respond. Yeah, I, I'm just shaking my head at, at Scott's favorite line of, this is the reason that we were able to sign him. Uh, it just makes me shake my head. But I, for me, the biggest thing with PH is his minutes. I mean, he's played over 3,000 minutes every yeah. season that he's been with us. And yeah. you know, going into the season, it looked like we had an awesome quartet of midfielders and then one of them wasn't ready at the beginning of the season and then the other tore his ACL during the middle of the season. So that's putting more minutes on PH's legs. And I think if we've got a healthy midfield where he doesn't have to play 3000 minutes, he can get back to 2,500 like he was at Southampton. I think we're going to see a much better version of PH consistently. Um, that being said, I would like for him to be um, a, Scott Bird special player, which is playing in the cups. Let's go. No, it, it it follows up what I what I was trying to say, and you really you really not only sell it said it more elegantly, but I think capped it off a lot better. Is that you know his minutes have played a, a huge factor, and and he just needs to again not be that first name on the sheet. If I'm a coach and I'm up three one two one even right, and it's the sixty fifth minute, I look and I see Hoybier on the bench. That's the first person I'm putting on the field, he's, he's, he's going to do everything you require of somebody when you need to see out a match, right? He's like tailor made for it, a, a closer, if, if we could use a baseball reference, right? So um, yeah, there's a, there's a ton of value there. And I couldn't agree with the code more that the minutes he's had to put on his legs are, do not favor him. They do not favor the club. And, you know, we can point in a couple of directions there. We can say, get off your ass, Levy, and, and figure out what you're doing. Right. We can also say that, two of your best midfielders went down within a couple of weeks of each other on, on serious injuries, long-term injuries. So it's just been kind of a shit show in the midfield. And I think PEH is probably the, the, the scapegoat, you know, when it comes to the whole mess of that midfield situation. Yeah, that's fair. And I think Ryan Mason realized pretty early in the second half today that the midfield was a major issue and the fact that Benton core is not available for selection right now kind of constrains the changes he can make. And ultimately he decided to take out skip rather than PEH because skip was on a yellow card. Um, but in that double sub that he made taking out skip and Richarlison, he brought on Eve Basuma and Dan Kulisewski. Uh, two players who I think have both had kind of their struggles with form this season, but it seemed like we got a little bit more control in the midfield once Basuma came in and 
you know, Decky was at least causing some different problems for Aston Villa's defense. How did y'all feel about their performances once they came in? Yeah, I, I was really happy with what I saw from Ida Basuma today. I think that what we saw him do today is what we bought him for. Um, we controlled the game a lot better. We got the ball wide quicker. We were able – I mean, we immediately became more dangerous when he came on the field. And um, and then, yeah, Dan Kulisevsky was, I think, a classic Dan Kulisevsky game. Dangerous down the wing, showed his strength, was a bit tricky in the box, almost had a textbook goal of whipping it in to the far post with his, with his left foot. Um, yeah, I, I'm much, much better. And what I really enjoyed from Ryan Mason was seeing that those changes happen at 60 minutes instead of 75. Um, that shows a manager that is able to re read the game, know what's going on and be proactive in getting back in the game. And, you know, we, we mentioned earlier that, that chance from Harry Kane, if that goes in, you know, game ends two, two. And we're probably having a different conversation. Um, so I, I was really bummed to not see those changes pay off. You know, we brought on Dan Yuma um, a, a few minutes later. And in the what we see on the pitch for 10 minutes or so, he had one less touch than Richarlison did the whole hour that Richarlison played. So Dan Yuma is a dangerous guy that I, I would love to see us utilize more. Um, you know, if Decky's going to start off on the bench, Let's give Dan Juma a run for an hour. Let's see what he can do with, with a with a bigger chunk of time because he looks dangerous and he looks hungry to play. Um, so I, I was really glad to see, again, the proactiveness from Ryan Mason to make those changes at 60 minutes rather than 75. I loved the the control of the game, um, the 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 not just the desire, but the ability to play dangerous passes from Ibasuma. And then it was really nice to see Decky being Decky again because it's been a long season for him. Um, I think he's maybe been probably been playing with a slight knock most of the season that he's just kind of powered through, and he looked more like himself today than he has. So uh, hopefully that carries into the the final two games, but we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah, and I know there's been, I think, a little bit of panic amongst the fan base about Decky because there were some, some you know, news reports popping up about are Tottenham going to keep him after all? And to my understanding, it, the situation is just that we no longer have an obligation to buy him because we did not qualify for Champions League. I guess that was the clause in his loan. But it sounds like the club has every intention of keeping him. So we should expect him to still be a Tottenham player next season. Um, Scott, any thoughts on uh, how Basuma and Decky did? Yeah, I agree with Dakota. Basuma looked great. I think Mason said it in the, in the, in the uh, press conference, or at least in an interview after the match, um, that, that he really made an impact and, and showed what, what he's capable of. So I'm excited about that. I, I, I really think if we can do away with the back three next year, which I suspect we probably will, right, there's a lot of work to be done for us to do that, and I get why we haven't done it at this point. But if we can do away with that, I think I'm very intrigued about Skip sitting behind Basuma and Benteker. Very much intrigued by that. I'm also, I'm also really intrigued by the prospect of 
skip behind them and Kane just in front of them in a diamond with with Son and and somebody up top, right? I think a four four two diamond next year could be a very very interesting and dare I say appropriate uh, setup for us with our personnel. So. I don't know. We'll see. There's a lot to be excited about with the, with Basuma coming back. Um, no question he was one of the brightest stars in the league the season before we signed him, and that player is in there somewhere. We have a habit of suppressing that player, but I, I, if we can break out of out of that habit, I think we've got a real gem there. And um, Decky, can't say enough about him. He's brave. You know, he's he, I, I think he understands it. You see it happening. He's got to mix up his approach a little bit in the attack, right? But he'll, that'll come with 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 age, and and experience. But my only question, and, and I I feel very strongly that we all have the same answer here. But I think it's worth asking. You know, the reporting is what you said, Caroline, and then I would add that it's up to the player, right? The, the player has the final decision. Is there any reason to think you would want to go back to Juventus with 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 the their especially with their trajectory against ours right now. I, I don't think so. I, I think he's very, very invested in being a part of Tottenham, but I think it's worth asking the question at least. Yeah. Tell, tell Dave that he can suck it and we're keeping <laughs> and he's just going to have to deal with it. Uh, no, I, this I, does I, sound I, like I, a Juve Dave planted question. <laughs> it's not, honestly, I think he'll appreciate me asking it, but but no, I, I, I just wonder, you know, it's, it's it's a thought that has crossed through my mind. And again, I've, I've set it to the side pretty quickly. He seems very invested in Tottenham. Um, but but Juve will be in, in the Champions League next year unless their their points are taken back again, which you never count anything out with the FIGC, right? But uh, but I would expect that they're a little bit more of an attractive situation to the neutral. But again, I don't think that he's a neutral at this point, right? I would have to agree with that. Yeah, I think everything that we've heard from Decky is is that he's definitely completely committed to the club. Shuban, do you feel any differently, or do you think Decky's locked in? Technical difficulties from Shubes. All right. Shivan is having technical difficulties, so we'll come back to him later. I'm back now. I'm back now. Sorry. Okay. So can you guys hear me now? Go ahead. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah, we got you. Sorry. My Chrome's freezing up. So, um, no, um, no, I Wrong think it's one of those weird things. I, can, I wouldn't put it past Levy, though, that now that I'm an obligation, just, uh, I don't know, thing that to open to something I wouldn't put it past Daniel Levy because let's face it I don't think Daniel Levy could in terms of I don't know this season I don't think he could drop any lower than in just the way that Spurs fans think of him so you know what why wouldn't they see the buggers over this because apparently like, Poch is not coming to us Nagelsmann we might do you know what I would rather have some children than actually, you know, I don't know, some of the guys we've been linked with. It's just ridiculous. And now, I mean, like, when I said, when I saw Decky, the player that I saw last season was just, he had confidence. He was, you know, and I think he's kind of scared of his own body, if that makes any sense. I think he's worried that his, his body's breaking down or something. And I don't know. I'm like, again, when I saw in training under three different managers because Conte never started him 
Stellina never did, and neither does Mason. But whenever I've seen him come on, he makes a difference. So what is he doing that he's good enough to do stuff for the for half an hour, four or five minutes, but clearly not good enough to start? And I just can't understand what the reason is. Well, I suspect part of it could be, like you alluded to, kind of those concerns around his uh, injury, you know, recent injury history and just not wanting to overload him with minutes, especially at this point in the season where we're kind of already in a a bad position league table wise, you know, it's, I think it makes sense perhaps to kind of utilize him as more of like a super sub at this point. Yeah. Different thoughts. Yeah, I would, I would just share that if you look back at Juventus and, and Dave and I have had these conversations, Juve Dave to the listener, not just casually Dave, but um, Decky started off super hot at Juventus and then just stopped playing. And it was kind of like a weird thing for Juventus fans trying to, to figure out what happened there too. So I'm not saying it's a pattern, but maybe two is a coincidence and we'll, we'll continue to see, you know, how this plays out. But I would I would say there's no – no cause for alarm here. And it's probably like you said, just easing him back from a, from a long injury. And there's honestly not much to play for. So it makes sense. And the good thing is that we do have a couple of other options at this point with Richarlison and Danjuma. I don't think Richarlison had the best game, but you know, he's, he's been kind of up and down as well this season. But the last thing I wanted to touch on, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the last thing I wanted to touch on from the actual game is just the penalty moment. So Harry Kane got himself into a one-on-one situation with Aston Villa's keeper, Emmy Martinez. And to me, it looked like Martinez had plenty of time to get there, but somehow Harry Kane got a touch in first and Martinez fouled him for the penalty. It had to go to VAR because it wasn't called in the moment. But I don't know about y'all, but in my eyes, that was a pretty fair call. And I think a deserved goal for, for Harry Kane. Would y'all agree? Yes, very much so. Uh, Harry was kind of our, our, our link again today. We didn't see him dropping so far um, today like we did last time out. Um, but I think he didn't re- really want to. I think he was trying to... I mean, also, we were playing a different style than we did last time out. We were just trying to beat that that high line with those those over-the-top passes that Aston Villa, like you said earlier, Caroline, they were very brave in the way that they were playing today. And to stick to that, knowing that they're trying that we're trying to get uh, get behind them, to not cheat back, you know, a yard or two, um, you know, props to them. But I, that prompted the change, the change in the second half, and we saw when we stopped trying to do that so much, we were a better team. So, um, but yeah, Harry Harry deserves every goal that he gets. Um, with that goal, he's tied Mo Salah for most games um, scored in in a single season. So Harry keeps racking up the accolades. Hopefully, he scores in both of our last games to just give him some breathing room and put another trophy in his cabinet. Maybe we'll make a DVD out of the season, sell in the, in the gift shop or something like that. To just remember that Harry Kane is carrying us to everything that we're achieving. Um, please don't leave Harry. We need you so bad. Please. I think you're being just a little facetious there, but I mean, he has been having a really phenomenal season and it's kind of gone under the 
radar just because of you know how early this is a robot yeah. city and how bad we have been <laughs> so it's it's important to like recognize these accolades i think for sure scott how did you feel about that penalty oh honestly i well we just... recognizing about the football writers that yeah, top five Yeah, I think we're kind of used Sorry. to him not getting recognition though from the from the greater football writing media. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he, he, unfortunately, Harry Kane yeah, is, but, is not only always going to be. Yeah, like I said I've seen Harry Kane since. I think we got a big delay on tubes here. Some technical difficulties. Shubhan, I'm going to give you the floor. Um, I'm saying Harry, I've been watching Harry Kane since the age of 920 and like I said, he's been kind of underestimated, but the fact that this is a guy that literally, I mean, Erling Haaland scored, but, uh, but he's in six, he's playing for City. I mean, they, they put so many chances on the plate for him, but for Harry Kane to score what, nearly 27 goals and if he gets another couple more goals, which against Brentford and Leeds in the last few games, he'll have scored 30 goals in a season, which is, it's, it's just, I don't know. I can't, I can't think of many players that have scored as many 30 goals against goals a season, the third goals a game season, 30 goals a game season, 30 goals in a season. I can't think of many. I think maybe Henri and Shearer, and that's it. That is the level he is at. And um, the fact that he's not going to notice, uh, do you know what? Screw it. I mean, yeah, they. I think it'll motivate him more. Hopefully, if he's still with us next year, to prove everyone wrong, because it's like Holland. You, you took my title. I want my title back. But well, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I. You know, I. I think he. He is always going to be, you know, in the shadow of, of the conversation that circles Tottenham Hotspur at all times, which is unfortunate for him, right? Because I think if he, and I'm not saying he should go anywhere, but if he was at a different club, right, I don't think he would, he, he would be viewed at the same, you know, in any way, shape, or form as what he is right now by the majority of, of his home nation. That's unfortunate. But um, Kane is, you know, evident by back to the penalty today. He saw Martinez hesitate for just a fraction of a second and knew immediately to pounce on that ball, right? And um, my opinion is that he always knew he was going to win a penalty more so than anything else, right, when he started started dashing forward. So just the most <clears throat> intelligent in-the-box player I've really ever seen play. Um, he's, he's always where he needs to be, and he always knows what he needs to do with the ball without even needing to check his surroundings. And uh, it, it's incredible. So, yeah, Harry, Harry Kane, like Dakota said, deserves every single goal that he scores and every single goal that he will score. I hate saying it. You know, I think he would have scored even more goals if, if he went to City, and that's probably a bummer for him. But just continue continue to, to you know, want to be at Spurs, please, Harry Kane, and, and we will hopefully do everything we can to make it worth your while. You know, I, I think the more that I've been hearing Harry Kane talk, in the media the last week or so, he sounds like he's here. Um, I agree. You know, that this is not a last summer or summer before last type of deal where 
it sounds like he's got one foot out the door. You know, I don't think he's going to do a, a lap of honor with tears in his eyes, clapping the fans, um, you know, in a, what next week with our, on our last home match. I don't like he did a couple of years ago. I, it sounds like he's bought in. Sounds like he's here. Um, and, you know, I don't know how much the new manager coming in will affect that if at all. Um, but I, if you're Daniel Levy and you, you have one thing that you need to keep in mind, which, you know, I, I think we're about to talk about Julian Nagelsmann and, and it seems like the deciding factor for that was Nagelsmann gave, here's the list of D- DOFs that I want to work with. And we didn't like any of those, which, you know, that's fine with me. I understand if people are upset about that, but it's fine with me. But if there's one person who you take that demand from in this moment, if you're Daniel Levy, it's Harry Kane. Um, I think he's got he he's got to be kind of like LeBron. He's got to give the thumbs up for the next guy to come in, um, because you've got to hold on to that guy for his entire career. Or no matter how bad things have been or how good they will be, if you're Daniel Levy and you let Harry Kane walk for free, that's what you will be remembered for. By, by Spurs fans. So uh, I, I hope that Harry is as here and is, is as committed as it sounds like he is. Uh, he's talking like a cap, like a club captain, and that makes me really excited. So hopefully, in Harry's words, we continue to match his, amb- his ambition, uh, and he'll, I don't know, sign a lifetime contract, whatever that is. Well, I, let's just pay him like for his literal lifetime let's do that uh that's worth it i think from from our perspective yeah you're not wrong um i know you have to go pretty soon dakota so i'm just going to come back to you real quick for one last question how do you feel about ryan mason's situation at the club after this game has have your feelings changed or oh man have you soured any or what's the deal yeah, so uh, I, I, everyone I think at this point should know that I was starting off like kind of teasingly saying, let's just give the job to Ryan Mason when he was appointed. And then the more that I thought about it, the more serious I was. And the more that I hear him talk and the more that I see us play, the more and more serious I'm getting about it. And today didn't really change that for me. Bill is a good team. They're in good form. Um, people forget that they had half a season of Steven Gerrard that uh, Unai Emery, who is a very good coach, uh, business casual Dracula, as Andrew likes to call him, um, ha- has kind of let them meet their potential in half a season. So today didn't do anything um, negatively to impact my view of whether or not Ryan Mason should, should take over. I, at this point, I think he's the best option moving forward, long-term, short-term. There will be some growing pains, but there's going to be growing pains regardless of who you, who you bring in. So might as well go through it with a guy who knows the club and loves the club and doesn't really care who plays for the club because he loves the badge. Um, earlier you, you mentioned that he's dealing with this hole that's been dug by, by the, the managers before him. I don't think that he's digging that hole any deeper. I think he's keeping it status quo, if not filling in some of the the spaces 
um, that we've seen lacking. So he can. I think he can solve it. I think that's a that's a great way to to look at the future. <laughs> I, I think Ryan Mason is the answer to all of our long term goals. Uh, maybe that's a bit a bit much, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. We've played well. We look inspired. He showed he's shown that he's proactive and that he he can adjust things um, to go after wins, and that's what we want, right? So I'm behind him. I think he's I think he's the perfect um, perfect guy for the job. And if he thinks he's ready, I think he's ready. Yeah, I think the only place I'd push back there is the team looking inspired because I don't think that was the case in this specific game. But I think some of that is factors that are outside of Mason's control, like we've talked about. So I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards where Dakota is at. Um, And and part of that is because we got news that Julian Nagelsmann is effectively out of the contention to be the next Spurs manager. Um, So it depends on what you want to believe is the reason for that. So kind of the word that came out from some kind of local Spurs reporters was that uh, the club didn't want to speak to him. They didn't want to interview him. They weren't considering him at all. Um, But I think as we're starting to hear more from sources further afield, it, it sounds like, yes, he, he kind of rejected Tottenham and not the other way around because of the situation around the director of football, uh, you know, not having one in the first place. And secondly, who it's going to be if we do bring one in. So yeah. Scott, how are you feeling about it? Do you, are you upset about the Nagelsmann news? Are you all in on Mason? Are you somewhere in between? <laughs> well, I will start by saying that I have, I have resorted to, to, to wanting Mason in and I'll, and it's going to be a bit of a rant here. I'll go through it, but I, I think first with Nagelsmann, I, w- I definitely wasn't, wasn't uh, you know, uh, tongue-in-cheek or in jest or anything when I, when I said that I had no understanding of why Nagelsmann would ever want to come to Spurs, right? And I've, I've been bantering the club quite a bit lately, but I don't see how anybody who's worth the shit looks at what's happened over the past four years with Daniel Levy and thinks that coming to this club is, is a good idea, right? I think it shows that you'll be chewed up and spit out at the end of, of a long string of underachieving. Right. So I, I'm not surprised at all that Nagelsmann is not coming. Um, if I go through the four managers that I think we should have been targeting, um, I'll start by saying all these people, I feel like we should be targeting for one specific reason. And, and it's that the fans are not connected to the club and 62,000 people in the stadium have made that very clear to the co to, to the, to the, uh, 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 chairman of the club. Um, but those four people who could, who could connect the club back to the fans are Pochettino company, Nagelsmann and Mason for me. Um, that's the only four that I think have, have gotten any sort of response of emotion uh, from the fan base. We hear names like Posteglu and, and Arnslot. Slot. I don't, I don't sense that they're going to connect the club to the fans by walking in the door, but I do think that those four names I listed, again, Poch, Company, Nagelsmann, and Mason can do that. Um, unfortunately, Levy has fumbled thrice now, and we are left with, Ryan Mason as the only person who can achieve what I think has to be achieved in the next hire. So 
I'm Mason in. I said it yesterday, and that was after the news of Nagelsmann company and Poch had already broken, right? And as I said, I'm resorted to Mason Mason as our next manager, and I firmly blame Daniel Levy for having to resort to to that to this. Um, I I'm heartbroken that Pochettino is going to Chelsea. I'm not angry with Poch. I am just both baffled. Con- all, I'm not going to say both because there's more than more than two things here, but I'm baffled, I'm concerned, I'm angry, I'm upset. I'm just a lot of different emotions about this. Um, and I think that our club is going to be in a much worse situation because of the t- decision-making we've seen from the chairman over the over the past 60 days. So I really don't have any faith in, in what's going to happen. I think we'll announce Mason. And I think if we want to sit in on like a good five, six-year project, sure, let's do it, right? But... Um, I think that's the only thing we can expect to bring any sort of uh, any sort of glory under Mason is, is a lot of time, and we just have to prepare for that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just not a lot of trust in the fan base right now in terms of Levy and the rest of the board getting these decisions right. So I think that's why a lot of us are at this point of feeling like at least let it be someone who cares about the club, which Mason is. Um, I don't know, Shuvan. I know you're very yeah. close to this. So, how are you feeling about it? Did we lose you, Shuvan? I think we lost him. Well, okay. I, you can I respond just to that. Say, <laughs> yeah, well, and I was just going to say, you know. Again, sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Technical I said. I, I... Oh, is he there? All right. Are you there? Yeah, I don't think. He... So, I love the idea of Manasseh. <laughs> just go, Shuvan. <laughs> I don't know. Some something's gone wrong today. Um, yeah, something's gone wrong for thirty plus years. But um, no, um, it just I just I, I like Mason. I think he's someone that can definitely do a job. He like he he'll, he'll do a much better job than say Frank Lampard would for for, for sure. You know. Yeah. But ultimately, if we have any ambitions to be a contender, Ryan Mason. Yeah, he's he yeah he served his time, and I'm not saying he can't do it. Like, like Zidane, you know, ended up coaching at um, Real Madrid. You know, um, Guardiola had zero experience. I mean, he was coaching he was coaching Barcelona B. So it can work that you have someone that the yeah that knows the system, that knows the players. But I try to know how he's to make it differently because unless he's going to do what Pochettino did and say, look, I'm bring a whole lot of kids in. Because they're young and they're hungry and they really want it, I just can do differently. You know, ultimately, it's not just it's about the players, coaching, and everything coming together. You know, Mason has showed. I mean, like I was at his first home game against um, um, United, and you know, he, the fact that Mason injured. But the fact that he made, you know, he was able to claw it back from 2-0 down. And, you know, against Palace, you know, he was organized. He did everything he had to do, and he did it right. But we've seen that, you know, we saw t- today 
just the sheer difference. Again, if this isn't his fault. Emery has had a chance to really drill his players in a system that he knows. Because he knows he's going to be there next year. The players know they're going to, he's going to be there next year. So guess what? They're going to give absolutely balls-out effort. Now, I'm not saying that the players don't disrespect Ryan, are going to disrespect Ryan Mason, but if you know that, do you know what? I might not be here next year. If you know that the person that's in charge of you might not be here next year. Are you really going to try as hard? No. And this isn't on Ryan Mason. This isn't on the players. This is on the ecosystem that has been built by Enoch as a result of their mismanagement. And I feel sorry for the fans that, I mean, I'm, as I was saying to Kaz, uh, Birmingham's about, or Aston, sorry, because it's actually more Aston than Birmingham. It's about an hour, but it's, it's still a mission to get there, parking, everything else, and just with the cost of fuel in this country. And fans that make it, here's the thing the away fans are generally quite homogenous in terms of the fact that the away fans don't really change that much because they're the ones that always get all the loyalty points, they're the ones that are always able to consistently go. Home fans generally not so much. Home fans, the mixture will change, but the away fans will change a lot. And the fact that the away fans are just so divided, the away fans are just so, they've just given up. It's like, it's like have you ever seen that thing with oh, Sylvester the cat puts a bag on his head or his kid puts a bag on his head? And it's a, oh, the shame. It's like that. And I don't care if we finish set or, well, I don't want to finish the, get relegated, but I just want to play with a sense of, pride yeah honestly i agree with shivan we there's no pride anywhere from top to bottom and that's kind of tied ties back to what i what i said with the four people that i listed as maybe viable options to fix the root of root of the problem but i just i i still just cannot wrap my head around how the board does not understand how disconnected things are and how vital that is to a football club. It makes you really start to wonder if they do have a lick of an understanding of how this stuff works. Um, the, the the until that is resolved, the club will be toxic, and and I just don't I don't understand how no decisions are being made. Very obvious decisions, you know, from the mouth of the, of said individuals who were asking to, for him to bring in, right? Who could come in and fix his toxicity? I just don't understand how it doesn't happen, and it's extremely frustrating for the fans. I like Shivan was getting at. I don't. I I'm not even upset because we didn't qualify for top four, or didn't win the league, or didn't win the FA Cup. Like fuck it, I'm used to that shit. But the the fact that our chairman is so willing to let this thing continue to rot. Um, instead of listening to the fans, it's just really disappointing. And I know there's fans out there who will say Pochettino's, you know, it's 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 an X and it's not the right time. You know, it worked once, it's not the right time, blah, blah, blah. Sure, whatever. Like, we can all break down tactics and data and whatever, whatever, whatever. But the root of this problem is the broken, you know, culture and the disconnect between the fans and the club. And it, it has to be addressed. And I think why why folks like myself are so just dejected at this Pochettino news is it really cements uh you know our our concerns and 
our our all, all of our speculation that the board is just inept and not paying attention to its surroundings. Yeah, I I think you're right. And you know what I find kind of interesting about the conversation around Ryan Mason with our fan base is that you know there are some fans who feel like it's too soon for him to be full-time manager this early in his career but I think there's just as many people who are worried about him possibly being brought on permanently for his sake for his career you know there's this fear that basically Tottenham are going to ruin his his career before it's really even gotten started because of the bad choices that they make in transfer window around you know the upper management of the club and I, I mean I think that's valid um But for me, I I don't know, for, for me, I'm just at this point where I, I don't necessarily trust them to bring in someone from the outside who's going to care enough to get something out of the, let's admit it, probably meager resources that this manager is going to have. So if I feel like we kind of have to take a gamble on Mason having that kind of Pochettino moment where he gets more out of the squad than is available. And I think he's done that to an extent in these few games that he's, he's managed so far. Um, you know, the defense is what it is. I keep saying that cause it's just disheartening, but it's the truth. But yeah, I don't know We're I feel like we're kind of in a lose lose situation now and the options just keep dwindling. So. Mm-hmm. It's really starting to feel really, really just bleak. And I, I, uh, yeah, it sucks, but I do agree. I think, I think Mason can get more out of the squad. I hate that that's where where we resort to as a club, right? Is that we just need a manager who will get more out of, out of the squad. Um, it's, re- it's again very damning on the board. And I, uh, I, I don't know how I'm going to find any sort of interest or passion towards, towards what happens, even, even this summer, who we bring in, blah, blah, blah. I just, I don't think it really matters anymore. And that's just, just kind of you know the the sum of all of this, and we'll say the unfortunate sum of all of this. But but uh, but again, it's on the board, and I just don't really know where we go from here. So, well, the first place that we have to go is back to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium for our penultimate game of the season. Uh, yeah, those are still happening. So Shubon oh, yeah. unfortunately had to drop. Um, we're all having a bit of te- technical difficulties today. But we'll wrap up just by talking about that match against Brentford. It's at home. Unfortunately, it's one of those really early Saturday kickoffs, which we tend to have trouble with. So how are you feeling about it, Scott? No feelings about it is about how I'm feeling about it. Um, I, I do not think for the first time in a long, long time, I'm talking years and years and years, I will just actively choose to not watch a Spurs match. And, and granted, if this was uh, a more favorable time, I would. But I'm just not going to get up at 4.15 to watch Spurs. I really feel that way. And that could change. But thanks to Levy and Matt Law and Pochettino and, and all of that, right, I feel very strongly that it's not, not worth getting up at 4.15 for. So we'll see. I, 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 don't, I don't see this as one we can't get a result from. Um, but I think the issue really lies from the fact that I'm not sure a result really matters. And again, I understand that I think we're still ahead of Villa in the table, but one thing I'm just absolutely 
exhausted of is talking about like what could come from results i just really it's just whatever who cares um get on with it but yeah i guess you know for for the for the if i could be serious for a second for the team it's an opportunity to continue to prove who wants to be part of the setup next year and who wants to help us through this you know the canes of it all and and i i suspect like dakota he's around and like yourself that he's around but I think there's a few guys, you know, who who could really benefit from these minutes, Basuma being one of them. And, um, you know, if there's there's any silver lining, it's that we'll get to see some minutes from some guys we probably haven't seen minutes from. That's a good shout. Yeah, I think there there are some players who their future at the club is kind of on the line. So they've got these last two games to kind of prove if they need to be here or not next season. And what an off season it is going to be at this rate. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, yep. we will be back next week to talk about not only this men's game against Brentford, but also the second half of that doubleheader, the women's team taking on Reading. It's going to be a crazy weekend, but we will be back to talk to you all about it. So until then, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot. And I have been at CG Stefco. We had Scott at DSM Spurs. Dakota at Dakota J Booth and Shubon at The Real Shubon. So hit us up on Twitter in the meantime, and we will talk to you all then. Come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>